0: Welcome come up with he and Rod P brought to you by Bud Light on the horn.
1: Well, the fabulous fifth hour starts with some local music as usual. Rob Baird, one of your favorites there, Nick Shuler. You're a big Rob Baird guy. He's the best. Like I, I really—he's my favorite.
0: He's actually opening next week for Shane Smith and the Saints over at ACL Live.
1: Are they doing that ugly sweater party? Ugly sweater oh, show—is that, that what I it is? I think that's it. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Love me some Shane Smith too. A couple of local guys. Rob—Rob's from here, right? Rob Barrett.
0: Yeah. Well, he's originally Memphis via via Fort Worth, but
1: he's definitely an Austin boy now. <laughs> cool. All right. When Shane Smith grew up here, so that's a good show at ACL Live at the Moody Theater. We had set list ATX last hour. We'll get behind the burn orange curtain one more time. Talk more Texas football. Thank you to Alex Okafer last hour. Hope you enjoyed that. His break he's kind of like me if Texas can can control Allie Gordon there's not much else that scares you for this Oklahoma State team except for Mike Gundy and uh he's a witch He's beats he Texas me. seven out of ten times and especially even in games where you didn't feel like they had much of a chance they'd, they'd beat Texas so uh this feels like a, a, that's why the line is where it's at at 14 and a half uh but we appreciate Alex Okafor we'll go back behind the VOC but on the way to the timeout we're doing what's who said that and we're talking about Jalen Hurts right and you're a Cowboys fan Ty's a Cowboys fan uh, and, you know, so, you know, the last two January's, the kryptonite for Dak Prescott has been the Niners. Uh, Niners are a team you got to get over, and it's almost like he has a mental block now when he sees San Francisco's uniforms. It's, the game he played out in San Francisco that Sunday night was like, what are we doing? What is uh, that game? That was painful. Well, let me play this of Jalen Hurts. And this is what I say, and this isn't to <sighs> poke the Cowboy Bear at all. Cowboy fans have to realize you may hate Jalen Hurts because he went to Oklahoma and he played, you know, he's. Uh, Place for the Eagles, who everybody hates. But this is the guy for the next 10 years that you have to beat. Listen to this. This is a piece of audio when he's you know, first coming into the league. right? This is before he's even become Jalen Hurts. This is Jeremy Schapp of ESPN interviewing him. Uh, listen to this. What's the matter? Listen to this question and this answer uh, from Jalen Hurts with Jeremy Schapp.
0: Four years of college. How many times did you experience losing? Four, four games. You know it's not gonna be like that in the NFL.
1: Oh, it cut off. You didn't let it finish there, Ty. What happened, what happened? we do that one more time? That's the whole clip. No, it's not. I just listened to it during the break. There's a, his answer to that is what the whole point of the the conversation is. One more time. Play it one more time.
0: Four years of college, how many times did you experience losing? Four, four games. You know it's not gonna be like that in the NFL.
2: We'll see.
1: <laughs> we'll see. How many games has, has Jalen Hurts lost since becoming a starting quarterback? Do that math. Remember, they were eleven and zero a year ago. They're eleven. They're nine and one right now. What is it like? Five. Yeah, and the game he, he lost four. in the Super Bowl. Four. Uh, four games total already. Is that right?
3: He's lost four. In, in last And, and the last. Well, that.
1: The, the, that's amazing. <laughs> and that was – he only lost four in college. And that's Jeremy Chap saying, well, you know, this is, this is a lot tougher. Well, we'll see. I like him, uh, and, and you, you got to look at – he almost looks like Denzel Washington in training day or something. The look on his face is like, oh, yeah, we'll see. And so 30-4 and four as a starter. The loss in the Super Bowl, not his fault. He played – he outplayed Patrick Mahomes for most of that game. Uh, that was a hell of a f- football game. And that's his mission now is to get back. And listen to this. This is from the Buffalo game the other night win I mean there's something about this Eagles team and you gotta give credit to Nick Sirianni they they were outplayed again Cowboys outplayed them lost yep Bills outplayed them it took Jake Elliott their kicker making a 59 yard field goal in the rain in the cold to force overtime but then Jalen Hurts won it listen to this this is on once they get to overtime this is I think it's Brandon Graham the defensive lineman telling all the Bills that uh this game's over we about
2: to win the- You must don't know Jalen Hurts. You must don't know Jalen Hurts like I know him. (laughs) They don't know Jalen Hurts like we know Jalen Hurts. They don't know him. Come on, Jalen. You got us down here to tie it up. This time, let's go win the game. Come on, Jalen. Put it together, baby. Let him talk about you. Hey, it's a run. Jalen. Yeah! what I tell you?
1: There you go. Point of that is, and this says he has a thing for Jalen Hurts. I just I love the mindset I always have through college. I mean, I remember on the show long enough to know coming out of uh, Channel View and Powerlifter, the mindset, uh, a guy that you know, wanted to come to Texas at one point, and it was between Jalen Hurts and um, Steve B- uh, Shane Bouchelle, uh, you know, and and you know Charlie Strong recruited. I mean. Jalen Hurts camped at Texas, and he wanted to be at Texas. Um, there some a lot of the insiders would tell you that, but the Longhorns gave the uh, the scholarship offer to to Arlington Martin's Shane Bouchelle because they were looking for more of a passing quarterback. That was the offense they wanted to run. So you can't fault them. Jaylen, Shane Bouchelle still playing in the NFL; he's a good player. Uh, but Jalen, of course, went to Alabama. We know the rest of his story, but from you just know what he's built on, and. You know, look, uh, this is for Dak Prescott. This is the narrative he has to change. And, and, you know, this started with Aaron Rodgers singing the praises and the way he's playing the last month against bad teams. Who do you want with the ball with two minutes to play in a big game? Do you want J- Dak Prescott? I mean, how many times out of 100 would you not pick Jalen Hurts over Dak Prescott in that moment? Zero. Right. Like,
0: he's he is a the, – the thing that scared me most about him was watching him when Elliott hit that field goal in the rain – Like it was, I mean, he was like a little bit surprised, but he's such a stone cold winner that like uh, it's, he, the kids, his mindset is so scary.
1: That's it. And and I go back to this and people saying, I have a thing for Jalen. I'm just, I'm studying Jalen hurts. And I remember it was Sal Palantonio, right? He's the, he's, he's ESPN Eagles guy, but at the same time, he covered Tom Brady's entire career. If you remember, he was pretty much the, the ESPN cub reporter for Tom Brady in New England. Sal Powell, right? Let's go to Sal Powell in New England. Well, it was Sal Palantonio who first said that Jalen Hurts is the first athlete he's covered that reminds him of Tom Brady in the way he thinks and his, his mindset, uh, how he prepares, uh, his focus, his, his winning nature. Uh, so that's high praise. And that's again, this is where Dak Prescott, you can play all you want. You got to beat that guy.
0: He's still hurt too. That's the scary yeah. part. Like he's—I I mean, I'm, I'm a Cowboys fan. I have a thing for Jalen Hurts, so I'm a Longhorn fan. I have a thing for Jalen Hurts. So. Gross. He, he's just a player. I'm sorry, Ty. I do not don't mean mm, to. He's
3: not. He's no. Or good. He's
0: a winner, man. He's a winner. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean,
1: and <laughs> but I still is- think really the Cowboys are going to he, beat he, the Eagles. He
3: didn't win last year or, or the year before. No, no, I still think
1: but the Cowboys are going to beat. <laughs> going to beat them. <laughs> you know, there was a, a punt return that impacted that. There was a big penalty called. It wasn't Jalen Hurts that lost that. Patrick, football, Mahomes, is Patrick Mahomes is the winner. Well, Patrick Mahomes is too. <laughs> I mean, that, because, well, that's who you're compared to, right? That's Patrick fair. Mahomes has been to five consecutive, you know, three out of the last five Super Bowls and won two of them. Uh, that's who the Cowboys have to beat now. I mean, if you're looking in the NFC and you're thinking, okay, now is our window because Tom Brady's retired, Drew Brees is gone, uh, Aaron Rodgers moved over to the Jets and is now hurt – There isn't, you know, Matt Stafford's not playing like that anymore. This is our window. This is the new guy. This is the new sheriff. And you can disagree with it or not. That's what we do on sports radio and conversation. That's the new guy, in my opinion. And you have to beat him. He's the reigning, he didn't win the Super Bowl, but he's the reigning NFC champion. And, you know, we'll see how this one plays out. But right now, they're the only one lost team uh, in the NFL and are the best team in the National Football League, even though they they don't play as the best team for four quarters. That's the Niners. But guess who the Philadelphia Eagles play this weekend? The San Francisco 49ers. That game coming up on Sunday. <laughs> game of the year. Oh man, uh, hell of a game, hell of a game. But if you're a Cowboys fan, what you're saying to yourself, like Ty, is, okay, Niners beat Philadelphia, and then we play Philadelphia the following Sunday, and we can pull even with them in the division uh, if we win that game. Because right now the Cowboys are eight and are eight and three. Uh, chance to be nine and three on Thursday night with, with Seattle. Um, am I right about that? eight and three now? Yeah, eight and three. You win that game, you get to nine and three. If the Eagles lose to the Niners on Sunday, well, now all of a sudden they're ten and two, and you will play them for first place in your division. And that gets to the to the the crux of what we're talking about. Can Dak Prescott perform in that moment the way Aaron Rodgers is talking about? Well, Thursday is where we start finding out for the Cowboys. Yeah, so. uh, tomorrow night they have uh, uh, Seahawks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Seahawks and, and look, I I think the Seahawks are a bit of a fraud. I'm not gonna I'm not saying that because I, I don't want to give the Cowboys credit, <laughs> but if you watch the Niners dismantle the, the the Seahawks the other night, they're a good team. And then their playoff run last year surprised a lot of people. And I think they're a young emerging team. But I still think Geno Smith can be Geno Smith. And I still don't think because I think right now that there's clearly a tier in the NFC. It's the Niners, Eagles, Cowboys, then Detroit, then, um, you know. Seattle, but you're playing one of those teams, so that's a big game. Uh, I think the Cowboys should win that game. I think they should take care of that, and that is a great situation for the Cowboys. Because think about this. If you win that game, you get extra days. You're off for 10 days to get ready for the Eagles, and you're building to possibly be playing for first place. At home. And then you go to Buffalo coming out of that game with the Eagles. And who knows? It might be like snowpocalypse. You never know <laughs> how that game's going to play out. It's December 17th in Buffalo. Uh, how's that going to look? But um, Buffalo might be out of it by then. I mean, they're not playing for much. They're 6-6. Six and six. They take a couple more losses here. <laughs> uh, they're done. I mean, then the, 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 the wind in their sail is uh, not what it was. Then they go to Miami to play two in the Dolphins on Christmas Eve in a big game, um, which that'll be a lot of fun. we go from what could be the snowpocalypse to South Beach uh, <laughs> and back-to-back Sundays, and then you're back home for Detroit. So in this five-game stretch that will kind of define the regular season for the Dallas Cowboys, I think the Cowboys have a chance to go 4-1. and And if they do that, I think the narrative will change. It still won't change until January. We get that. But that's what's exciting about uh, this opportunity the Cowboys have right now. But good stuff with Aaron Rodgers, um, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott now with that big Dak energy. He's with child. He's with child. He has, uh, he has procreated, Nick. Procreated. Now that gives you a little sense of power too, Nick. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you, I hope I don't. You don't know. You, you, if, you, if you have, you don't know. Uh, this says never forget. Hertz wanted to play for UT and Charlie Strong didn't offer him. That's true. We just went through that story. But I, yeah, I'm not going to criticize Charlie Strong for offering Shane Bouchelle, who ran an offense that they wanted to run and uh, similar. And Shane was a good player for Texas. I uh, said I'm he with fit, Ty. He I, fit the system. This says I'm with Ty. I cannot like an XOU player even if they played play for the Cowboys. Okay, fair enough. I get it. You guys are emotional. I mean, I'm being realistic. So you didn't like Roy Williams when he played for the, <laughs> for the
0: Cowboys. Ooh, <laughs> I mean, a good
1: That question. was a
0: tough one. Cause like, I got I might be
1: too young to to have hatred for Roy Williams, the safety. It he? was
0: hard for me. I mean, I remember him ruining. I loved Chris Roy Williams is one
3: of my like, favorite players ever. that's
0: played for the
1: Cowboys. Yeah. Okay. No, but I, I mean, I horse struggle tackle? with
0: that.
3: Like uh, the, horse collar oh, tackle. Come on. The,
1: oh yeah. He's, he's the reason. He was the Jeez. inventor of the horse collar. <laughs> Uh, well, I was at the uh, Cotton Bowl when he jumped over the pile and hit uh, Chris Sims, and uh, that's what I reference. Uh, it was always hard for me to. I don't. I respect
3: OU. I don't respect the Eagles. I, I do too. It's more about the Eagles hatred than the OU. Hatred
0: <laughs> I right. respect OU, not the Eagles. Okay, I, no, I, I kind of agree with that. You do? Yeah, just because I, I just can't get over their fans and Sirianni and ugh, oh.
1: Anyway. oh, look, I'm with you. I, my brother, <laughs> listen, here's the problem. I grew up. My, I have an older brother who's not two years older than me. We grew up as Oiler fans. Actually, when we were in Ohio, I was a Cowboys fan, and he was a Steelers fan. Just (laughs) because neither of us wanted to root for the Browns like my dad. Uh, We had to have a team. And, of course, the Browns and Steelers played in every Super Bowl in the 70s, so I just adopted. He was Steelers. I was going to be contrarian. Moved to Houston. We both became huge Oiler fans. Now he's in Philadelphia, and he's, like, rooting for the Eagles. Like, fly, eagle, fly. Like, what are you doing? (sighs) Come on, man. Uh, You know, even he's chosen the Phillies over the Astros. I'm I'm ready to disown the guy. But, uh, yeah, and I've said this many times. Nick Sirianni. Is a winner, and he's got a winner at quarterback. Nick Sirianni has the most punchable face in sports.
0: Oh, man, that video of him in the tunnel. Yes. screaming, out. Oh,
1: gosh. I mean, you but you have to respect him. Month. But, yes, I'm with everybody else. It's like you Boo, see...
0: Boo Corrigan level to me. <laughs>
1: yes. When you see him on the sidelines, you just want to, like, Gah! right? But, you know, he's winning, and um, we'll see. That's, that's the Cowboys' mission. And they should have all the advantages in, ten, in, uh, in, what is it, 11 days now. You know, home field, night game, 10 days off. Chance to um, – you should have beat them the first time, but that's – how many teams are now playing the Eagles coming out? there going, man, we should have won that game.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, that's, that's – I mean, a lot of people said that against Texas this year, TCU last yes. year. So, winning's winning. That's – That's know, right. And sadly. there's
1: a – I think Hurts is the common denominator because uh, they lean into his toughness. And the, you just heard Brett's why I played that Brandon Graham cut. They believe in they. they believe they're going to win because of him, right? Yeah. That's the Vince Young mojo when he was at Texas. Uh, you talk to those guys, yeah, we're going to win because we got that guy. Just give him the ball. Yep, yeah. uh, we're going to win. And that was all the Texas players on the sidelines in '05. Uh, we're going to win. And I go back to the Super Bowl last year. He didn't. He gave them the lead, right? He he, he was the one. That he put them in front. He he went toe to toe and really outplayed Patrick Mahomes. But in the end, Mahomes' team won. That was his first try in it. So looking forward to maybe the Cowboys joining this conversation. Now, let's not forget the Niners, because the Niners are still really damn good, by the way. Uh, and if Rod were here, Rod would be you know, swinging the, the praise of his guy Shano. Because it, when they're healthy, I don't know if either the Eagles or the Cowboys can beat the Niners. I mean, I really don't. I mean, I, I, I stew on, okay, who's going to win this game? Home field would be big for me. But if you keep Brock Purdy healthy, and I know people say there's a ceiling to Brock, and I, I kind of believe that. But if he has Debo, and he has Kittle, and he has McCaffrey, and he has Ayuk, if he has all of them, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think if – if he has everybody, Trent Williams is playing left tackle, who's the best left tackle in football. Christian McCaffrey's the best running back in football. You could argue Debo and Ayuk are the best receiving tandem in football. George Kittle's one of the top three tight ends in football. If you have all that, plus that defense, I don't know that they they have a peer. It yeah. reminds me of the Cowboys
0: glory days minus the the all pro quarterback.
1: Yeah. Well, and let's <coughs> not sleep on the defense, too, because they've got Boza and now they just traded for Chase Young and Armstead in the middle and Fred Warner in the middle. They might be a little susceptible in the secondary at times, but still that that's the team uh but they gotta stay healthy. And Rod would be sitting here saying they always get somebody hurt. It always it always impacts them. If it doesn't, they're my Super Bowl favorite over really anybody else, including the Chiefs, including the Ravens. E- easily. And by the way, the Chiefs, the the, uh, the Ravens play the Niners coming up. Did you know that that's in that's in December? Uh, I think it's oh, the same weekend that they this year. Yeah, the, the, the same weekend that the uh, Cowboys play the Dolphins. It's Christmas weekend. Uh, the, the Ravens play. The San Francisco 49ers. It'll be weird because they both could be, I mean, that could be your Super Bowl right there, and we're going to see it at Christmas time, uh, A couple months later, a couple several weeks later, they could be playing. Or it could be the Eagles, or it could be the Cowboys. That's what uh, we'll all tune in to see. Can the Longhorns make the college football playoff? Be- can, it continues to be a debate. Uh, there is a chance, and as we said, the uh, simple path is a win Saturday and root like hell for Louisville. Root like hell for the Louisville Cardinal. If that happens, the Longhorns have a spot. Um, you need a spot, right? There's only four. And there are five teams right now, or seven or eight teams jockeying for one spot, but I do think, as we've said all morning, a couple of those are play ins, right? The the SEC's getting one, one of those games, and the Pac twelve's getting one. Uh, and Michigan's gonna beat Iowa. so that those are three spots gone. You need a spot to open up, and that would be Florida State. It'd be awesome if Iowa found a way to,
0: to upset Michigan and crack me up. <laughs> I I don't mean I've watched Iowa twice, so I don't I don't have much faith. The the <laughs> you know what, the uh the Iowa offense
1: is terminal to watch. It's just. Oh, it's painful. My
0: favorite part about watching Iowa now is the guys who wear the punts sweatshirts and then uh, chant punts like every time somebody punts Embrace in the it. game. Oh, it's Embrace awesome. Embrace our I suckness.
1: Lo- love those guys. Can I just say, because maybe a lot of people didn't watch it on Black Friday because you're getting ready for the Texas game, Iowa played Nebraska, and it was the most Iowa game ever. It was 10-7. to 7. <laughs> Let me make sure I get this score right because we were watching it down at Mockingbird Saloon um, getting ready for the before I went down there. Can't remember where I was. Uh, either way. Uh, but so, by the way, that game had a historically low un- over-under of 24 and a half. It went under. Uh, they broke – I mean, Vegas can't make a line low enough to include an Iowa football team in it, uh, which is just incredible. So, um, <laughs> Nebraska, Matt Rule's team gets the ball – I'm trying to remember, they had, they had no business winning the game. And then their quarterback, threw, Nebraska's quarterback, threw an interception and set up a game-winning field goal. It was unbelievable. And they went under. So they won the game <laughs> to beat Nebraska. It was the, most Nebraska, it was the same day that the, uh, uh, that the Friday where the Jets did the most Jets thing ever, which was uh, give up a 99-yard kick return on a Hail Mary. How do you do that? I mean, there are just some team, like Big Ten, Iowa football is going to go under. You just know it. And the Jets, you know, this is, the Jets are the proud owners of the butt fumble, which is one of the great bloopers of all time with Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. Yeah. Well, now in this game with the Miami Dolphins, that same day while, while, while Iowa's going full Iowa, the Jets um, are playing the, uh, the Dolphins. Dolphins are winning. Tua, Tua throws a pick six before the half. Like, that, that gets the Jets back in the game. Of course, they can't do anything offensively. Throws a pick six. Uh, then they're moving the back, back, back down the field. Tua throws another interception before the half. They've got the ball at the 50-yard line. Uh, they decide to throw a hail mary. It gets intercepted by the Dolphins, who return it for a touchdown, <laughs> which which just negated their pick six before the half. Two are trying to give it to them. Uh, there's just I just think there's some organizations and teams that that's just them, right? But can they beat Michigan? Can I beat Michigan, Nick? No. I don't think so. You can't beat Michigan with 16. Points. And I don't want to
0: watch it, honestly. Like I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's the only thing on, I
1: might I might do that or. They do know. have good defense. Watch the view. <laughs> Watch the view. Well, it'll be you'll, you'll be watching Louisville, Florida State, because they are at the same time. Yeah, that's what you'll be doing, and you'll be rooting. Are you going to wear all red and root for Louisville and become a Jeff Brom, Homer? Oh, man. You should. Oh, I mean, I'm all in on. I, I always liked Jeff Brom. I did. I remember watching him play quarterback back in the day. He could go. Well, there you go. That's what the, that's what you need because that Longhorns will play at 11. SEC game middle of the day at three, and then the night game you can choose the Michigan stomping of Iowa or. You can choose the uh, the game that all Longhorn fans will be tuning into if Texas wins. If Texas wins the game, uh, that's where you need Louisville to have a big performance uh, against the backup quarterback of Florida State and find a way to win that game. You do that, you're going to be in come Sunday morning. We need it. Yep, I mean, I I feel very confident in that. If, if if that plays out, you'll wake up Sunday feeling pretty good about yourself.
0: I'm interested to see that game. I, I don't I don't know what to expect, and I, I I think that you know Florida State's still got a good defense and and, and Jared the, Verse is a great player off the edge. And look, they've got weapons. I mean, if that if uh, Florida Tate can uh, that the kid Tate whatever his name is uh, can uh, can can do what he does and get the ball. Or I mean, just game manage and R- get the Rod ball. Rod Rodemaker, yeah, yeah, Tate Rodemaker, and if he can get the ball to his weapons, yeah, they've I mean, got great gonna be, receivers. They're going to be tough. Yeah, I mean Johnny Wilson and Keon, was it Keontae Coleman? Like those guys can go. So it we'll see. But I mean, I, Louisville's good too. I've watched them a few times, and you know they didn't exactly play great last week against.
1: Uh, but you the, know what Louisville has? Former this,
0: Aggie coach Mark Stoops. We'll
1: break this down more <laughs> as we go in the week. You know what Louisville has? A great pass rush. They they can rush the yeah. passer. So if you have a great pass rush, uh, and you're playing a backup quarterback, uh, you can force some turnovers. Yeah. Now, can we get Lamar Jackson to come back and play for Louisville for one game? Could that happen? Has he got any eligibility left? You know, come on, Lamar. Coach Strong. <laughs> come on back. Get Coach Strong. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, can we get Teddy two gloves back? But, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson would be good. But, no, no, that's for real. I mean, Louisville's got a really good pass rush. Uh, they can get off the edge, and they can hit the quarterback. And, uh, you know, that is the, that would be the recipe for Louisville in that game. Uh, because it's only a two-point line, right? I mean, Louisville's a 10-2 and football team. So it's yep. not like you were talking, you know, the, the Florida gave them a scare. Florida's a bad team. Florida's a really bad team.
0: Well, uh, I, think, I think Louisville's going to be hungry after, after losing that rivalry game to Kentucky. I think they're mad. So I'm hoping they come out and take care of business. You know
1: who's really mad coming out of that rivalry game? Mark Stoops former Aggie coach Mark Stoops. Former Aggie coach who had to fly to College Station, who wants to fly to College Station at favorite, any time. Favorite
0: Mark Stoops moment as Aggie head coach. <laughs> yeah, take a let's, picture. let's talk about it.
1: It's <laughs> getting off the plane. <laughs> and then that, yeah, because that that again is the uh, the, the running <laughs> belief that Mark Stoops accepted the job or was at least flying to College Station to consummate a deal. Landed and was told to go home. Um, <laughs> see you later, sir. Like actually Mark Stoops, much like his brother Mike Stoops, same thing happened to him here at Texas when Sark tried to hire him as a linebacker's coach when he got the Texas job. Oh, that's Remember right. that? I forgot about that. Mark or Mike, Turnaround. We're not doing <laughs> that. But that was just a linebacker's coach. Uh, this was the head coach. Uh, and now the Aggies, of course, are doing the, the swaying thing, and Mike Elko was the guy. Mike Elko was the right hire from the beginning. I agree with that. Mike Elko, this is why this is such an – Aggie jokes write themselves, right? Write themselves. Mike Elko was the right hire. It feels like Ross Bjork got over his skis and decided he wanted to, to do his thing – and then he didn't check with the people that matter in the program, who said, "No, you're not doing that. We're hiring Mike Elko, and now uh, Ross Bjork has to pretend like it, this was his first choice." Yeah, for we'll see how long he's there. <laughs> well, but, but, but then you want a coach who didn't who No, didn't I want... mean,
0: I mean, I'm saying Bjork, but I, I think, I think. Elko was the right hire, and it helps keep that team intact. Like, oh, it, yeah, Otherwise, that,
1: that Stoops there was going to explode that team. You're going to have crazy transfers. I agree with that. And I think but what I'm saying is if you now fire Ross Bjork because he technically screwed that up, well, now you're bringing in a new AD who didn't hire this coach. That's never a good recipe. I'd almost stick
0: with it. Well, and it shows that you messed up, which right now they're playing, though, we got our guy, you know, thing. But, but it
1: certainly weakens <laughs> your power as the, as the – Within the, the power structure of an athletic department and the, the program uh, to, to get it that wrong. If indeed that's how that went down with Ross Bjork, because now they are selling the, the Mike Elko thing. So a lot of good combos there. Cowboys, Eagles, Dak, Jalen Hurts, uh, rivalry weekend, Longhorns, Louisville. Come back. We'll go behind the Burn Orange Curtain. We'll hear from uh, Tavandre Sweat, uh, one of the funniest, and you've been around Tavandre quite a bit. He is what he is, but will he win the Outland Trophy? Got details on that coming up. It took him up with E and Rod B. Nick Shuley hanging out.
0: Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook 'em up. 1019 AM1260, the horn.
1: Yeah, Rod Babers hopefully back at some point this week. He's dealing with the protocols. The positive protocols. You know what I'm saying? Uh, hoping Rod's ready to go for a Big 12 championship. But uh, we'll keep you posted. Nick Shuley is in the house today doing a great job. Brought you the set list ATX and uh, good thoughts on all things Texas, the Big 12. You're serving a very good purpose today, which you always do, by the way. But uh, you're, you're the mad Longhorn fan, which is good, of why you're behind Oregon, which I get. And you're selling uh, your case. I'm, I'm the one arguing that it's regional. You're getting screwed by the West Coast, that they want a West Coast team in. And that's just how it's going to be. Yeah. That's the only thing that makes sense. Uh and I you know, I can't call it a conspiracy theory. I can call it a business decision that the T V executives and college football they have not had a West Coast team in the final four in a while, and now they have an opportunity to have one and they're they're not gonna not have one. Yeah, I'm I'm
0: anxious to watch this this UW Oregon game. I think it's gonna be a good game and I think I think people are giving Oregon too much credit right now. I really do. I think they are a, a good team. But I think their their offense has been explosive against teams that aren't that great, and you know, like you you play those teams and put up those numbers. It, it's just it didn't it just didn't impress me. And I, I think they're a good football team, so don't, I'm not taking that away from them. But we'll see. But they almost they should have won that last game against UW. Dub. So yeah,
1: yeah, all the fourth down decisions Dan Mullen made in that game. Um, Dan Lanning, I should say, Um, you you know, going for it over and over. Take some field goals, they win that game. And they missed a field goal at the gun that would have tied the game at 36 and sent it to overtime. It was a great football game. And I like Oregon, too. I'm just saying that, you know, when I hear Boo Corrigan trying to explain it, he doesn't explain it. No. So this is just what it's going to be. And so then you take the next step of why. All the facts tell you Texas should be ahead of them. Well, no, they want a scenario by which this game on Friday night is a play-in game. Yeah. Well, with
0: his facts, we should, put, we should go ahead and throw LSU well, he, in there because Jaden J- Daniels having a great year. So, I mean, he, was, he <laughs> argues about Bo Nix's stats, so yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's the thing, right? And so if, if Texas were rightfully ahead of Oregon, if Oregon beats Washington, well, that puts Texas in that doesn't put Oregon in. Right. This is the they're trying to set this up so that they have a West Coast team. Uh, they don't want to knock their West Coast team out. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that. That actually makes a lot of sense. Right. Like that they, yeah, they don't want
0: to they want to be able to justify the winner of that game getting yeah, in.
1: Right. And I think they can have it the other way too. I think that's why I think the SEC is a playing game even though we know that the SEC has had two teams in this playoff before. Big Ten had two teams last year. I don't think that's this year. I think this is going to be four different conferences represented, uh, and Texas needs that that, that Florida State loss uh, to knock them in there. Because even if Alabama beats Georgia, you still need a spot. Because that puts Alabama in, that puts Michigan in, that puts uh, Oregon or Washington in, and that puts Florida State in. You're still out. Um, but, you know, because, I mean – but that, then that comes down to the absolute brass tacks of would they, would they ever not put an SEC team in? Because now you've got to tell you why. If you're, if you're going to put Alabama in, why is Texas not in? They beat Alabama, right? But think about that scenario. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah it's, it just... I think the committee wants Florida State to lose because there's, there's also there's a way. Because think about that. If that scenario I just said lays out, because uh, I think if Alabama beats Georgia, that's good for Texas. But at the same time, they still need a spot. They keep saying that. They still need a fourth spot. Because if Alabama takes Georgia's spot, Michigan claims their spot, uh, Washington, Oregon spot, there, there's a, and, and Florida State wins, you know, Texas could be fifth ahead of Georgia, but that, that still doesn't get you in the playoff. But then how do they explain the Alabama-Texas game? Yeah, I don't know whether to root for chaos or not, or re- whether to root for
0: favorites, right? Like, minus, of course, like, minus the uh, the Louisville-Florida State game.
1: Well, like, and, and what's, what's better for this, us? This is the, – the logic would tell you that Texas right now is ahead of Alabama. And if they beat Georgia, then Texas should slide in, and then you knock the SEC out, which they won't do. But how do you do that? See, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just don't – yeah, I don't know. Then they would make the argument that Alabama, a one-loss Bama, or a one-loss Georgia is better than Florida State. They'd, make the, they'd put Texas in, and then they'd bump Florida State out as an undefeated ACC champ with a backup quarterback. Man. See? Here we go. We're playing the game. Can we go behind the burn orange curtain, talk some Texas football as we're trying to sort it all out? Uh, all needs to happen is Texas needs to see Louisville take down Florida State and get a victory. Texas but, needs
0: to win, yeah. and Louisville needs to win. and we'll,
1: And everyone's...
0: And then we can yell and complain. And, and even the TV lobby. networks will be
1: happy because they would rather have a healthy Texas team than a backup quarterback Florida State team on, on January 1 in, a, in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. And the media wants controversy. The uh, committee does not. Can we get to the burn uh, Orange Curtain conversation?
3: And they were all asking themselves the same question. What, what is behind that curtain? <laughs>
1: I'll play this for you, and uh, credit to Noah Gross over there at KXAN. He put this together on, put it out, KXAN, NBC affiliate. This is a, a Mac mashup, I guess, of thrown together of uh, one-liners. Tavandre Sweat dropped at the uh, media availability on Monday. Uh, this concerns um, why he came to Texas in the first place, um, you know, other reasons, and then who gets it, what music gets him fired up before football games. And then a couple other things. Here's Tavondre Sweat, the Longhorn All-American defensive tackle.
2: My real reason I came to Texas, I mean, I thought I was going to get to meet KD. I still, still haven't met KD. I'll probably say uh, Luke Holmes, man. You know, he gave me going before the game. So once you come to UT, they got all the food you can eat. You know what I'm saying? So I took advantage. I seen a video on TikTok. It was a a video of Flavor Flay with that big chain on. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm a big guy, so why not? Murphy, he's an explosive guy. You know, he's short. I'm a little short dog right there. Nah, I'm just kidding. But and I feel like it was pretty good. But now, I mean, it's kind of mid Now, I mean, right. I've been eating it's that for five. Yeah. What? I mean, you know, I kind of know how he is up front, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. Uh, and you've been around Tavandre with the Clark Field stuff and with uh, NIL One Fund. That's him. That, that's He's a gregarious, life-of-the-party kind of the party guy. Uh, remember, he bought the big flavor Flav-looking chain for the Iowa State game. With that, with that, like, turtleneck or whatever it was. That was awesome. And that's just who he is. <laughs> Make him sweat. But as we just heard from Alex Okafor last hour, I mean, he was the guy that uh, Bo Davis was so mad about laughing after the lost Iowa State two years ago. Uh, great development. And here's the argument for him winning the Outland Trophy. The other three finalists for the Outland Trophy, Tavondre Sweat, Joe Alt, tackle Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Cooper BB, guard <laughs> Kansas State. Um, Texas has a better team than Notre Dame, so Alt's out. And then just turn on the tape between Tavondre Sweat and Cooper BB. In the game, K-State, Texas. Yeah, here.
0: and a lot of people don't know that, but Tavondre is actually Cooper Beebe's dad. Yes. So, like, it was, I mean, he, he man, that he. That seems like an easy vote to me. He destroyed him. He so. Destroyed him. I mean, if he, if he doesn't win it, there's something wrong. I mean, it reminds me of Jalen Ford
1: not winning Big 12 player, defensive player of the year last year. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Seems like it, right? Um, but, so, yeah, I mean, it, C- Cooper Beebe is up for this award. He's one of the three finalists. Go watch the tape of Tavondre Sweat manhandling him. Uh, in that game, <laughs> including on the, the four downs from the inside the five-yard line and the block passes, just shredding the guy, right? He can't win it over you.
0: And Cooper Beebe's good. He's a really good player. He's going to be an NFL player.
1: Well, Joe Alt's really good. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tavondre didn't get a chance to play against him, but the tape, the eye, in the eye, eye in the sky don't lie on that deal.
0: No person changes the game more of those three
1: names than Tavondre Sweat. Yeah, like it he, it,
0: it's, it's not even cool. People have to game plan around. Well,
1: and I do him. think, as he called short dog um, – <laughs> Byron Murphy helps, right? Those two together, uh, you can't double them both. I mean, you just can't. You, you, you know, you, you mathematically, you, you I mean you can't double both guys and still block everybody you need to block. So one of those guys gets single teamed, and so whoever gets the double, the other one's got to win, and that's really what they do a very good job of, uh, and that makes it as, as a uh, Okafer said last hour Alex said that, I mean they just they just whipped their guy and that's uh, cuz then if you're doubling one of those guys on every play that means everybody else is single teamed up front which gives Ethan Burke a single team block gives you know uh, Baron Sorrell single team blocking and that gives you a chance to really dominate the line of scrimmage which they do those guys are so impactful I think Tavondre should win that award he's also up for the Chuck Bednarik award one of the finalists there and uh for the Walter Camp player of the year award I don't think he's going to win that one but uh, the fact that he's even one of the 9 finalist is pretty damn impressive that's the college football's player of the year either yeah. side of the ball
0: and i i do not think i cannot stress this enough how people do not understand how large of a human Tavondre sweat is he is an enormous he makes like regular quote regular size people look look small and i think i'll i'll share it with you guys there is we have a picture of the of Char- charity grady who's who's the who does pretty much all the stuff on the ground for the for the Texas One Fund? She's incredible. She came from Florida State and she's fantastic. But she's she's not short by any means. But there was we did a an event at a at a the, at a kitchen, and so Tavondre had to put on a an apron, and so she was helping him put on this apron to get it around him, and the picture. I mean, you see how large he makes her look like she is just tiny. And so we'll, we'll have to share that on the, on the Horn account. Yeah, can
1: you put that out, T.Y., on uh, the Horn uh, Twitter, the Horn X, or whatever we're doing? Uh, that's the Charity Grady uh, yeah. from uh, Texas One Fund. And, uh, you know, is it Clark Fielder at One Fund? Uh, she, she, she's at One Fund. Okay, good. Yeah. And uh, you'll see Trevondra. I saw the picture. You showed it to me. It's <laughs> like, I mean, you think about the, uh, the Jose Altuve. Aaron Judge picture when one you know when they're standing on second base, it is it is just you know when we saw Deuce Vaughn at Cowboys camp, you're like oh my gosh he is so small, uh, that's what and Tavondre is goes six four and three sixty so he's, he's a big um, man. The last time I remember a Texas player being that big it was Leonard Davis. Yeah. When I met Leonard Davis way back uh, when he came he came in our studio one time, uh, it, it's he like he, he you shake his hand and his his fingers go up your wrist you're like oh my what in this is a bear, uh, you know. Big Mark Henry's kind of that way too. When you meet Mark, uh, but man, these are just giant humans, and that's what Sark wants on his football team. Uh, wait till wait till Longhorn fans get a get a load of DJ Campbell and Cam Williams down the road here when they become more and more staples of the Texas offensive line. Because Cam Williams out of Duncanville, Cam is enormous. <laughs> he's a big dude. Uh, that's that's the move to the SEC without a doubt. Can we hear Mike Gundy talking about this Texas defense? Uh, they're really good, and Mike Gundy has seen a lot of Texas defenses over time. Here's Gundy from his press availability this week talking about dealing with uh, what they have to deal with on Saturday morning. Yeah, so they're 2.9 a carry. This is uh, tough for the guys rushing football against them. Um, you know, it's interesting. They're you know they're a 35 point team scoring, and they're only giving up 17. They're double. Their margin is pretty big. It's pretty rare you see that. Um, they're 25% third down conversion defensively, which is really good. I mean, there's a reason why where they are. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, in particulars, that's what you're dealing with. Um, <clears throat> more of a traditional defense. Um, they can play gaps and play coverage. They don't necessarily have to overload the box to stop the run. That's not what they do. They could, but that's not traditionally what they do. But most people have struggled in a big way blocking their down guys and their backers. So, they don't have to overload the box for the rush. All right, there's Mike Gundy stating the obvious, but they, he also went on to say that we we can't be one-dimensional in this game. So what do they come up with to try to stay ahead of the chains? That's what teams have struggled with. Teams that beat Texas are able to stay ahead of those chains, right, and they're able to get some yards and they're able to use a short passing game sometimes. But, you know, the one thing that Rod broke down before he got, got sick was, you know, coming out of that uh, Texas Tech game, he really broke down that they were playing more press coverage. And, you know, Manny Muhammad, uh, before, after Ryan Ross got hurt, and Terrence Brooks, they were up playing press man, which doesn't give you those in-breaking routes, right? They're taking away leverage, and they're making the let the pass rush overwhelm Baron Morton. I can see them doing the exact same thing here because I don't think Oklahoma State has much more dynamic weapon. I mean, there's no, um, you know, Des Bryant out there for the, for the Oklahoma State Cowboys this year. There isn't uh, one of those great receivers. That's typically what Mike Gundy has had a quarterback who can fling it, a running back who's really good, and then one of these top-end receivers that demands a double team. They don't have that receiver this year. At least I haven't seen him. Uh, and it, it does give Texas an advantage. And so I, they, I, they think Ryan Watts is going to be okay. We'll get a judge on that with Sark tomorrow with his, his Thursday availability. But, man, Ryan Watts, Manny Muhammad, you feel good about that matchup in the back end, uh, especially if they're not going to play eight yards off the ball and they're going to get up and, and play and allow them to play some press-man coverage. I like that uh, game plan. All right, good stuff right there. And uh, we'll put out that picture of Tavondre Sweat. Uh, from your text, this says, uh, what happened to Rod? Is he okay? Rod pe- tested positive for COVID on Tuesday. Uh, we told you had a fever on Monday and said, uh, I'll, I'll keep you posted. And then the positive test. So uh, what are the protocols these days, by the way? I'm going to check on Rod today. I think once you get a, a positive, once you, once you test negative, if you feel good, I think you can go, correct? We don't have to do this 10-day thing anymore? I have no idea anymore. <laughs> Somebody tell me. But, no, I mean, because we hope Rod can get back in here by, by tomorrow or Friday, if not uh, for, for pregame on Saturday. But uh, we'll keep you posted. Rod's fine. Well, I think he's fine. We'll check on him. <laughs> I heard from him on Monday, and we said we'll get it covered. And then uh, we haven't uh, – I'll check on him today is what I'll do and find out how he's doing. Uh, this says, I wondered if sweat is larger than listed because he dwarfs other 300-pound linemen he's around. You've been around – I mean, it's just – yeah, there's weight and there's there's the measurement, but then you see the person, and it's just like it. He's so large in every in every way. Yeah, I I I I
0: was around. I think Sean Rogers was there when I was at UT, and I got in an elevator with him, and I I can't remember who it was, and he started jumping around thinking it was funny in the elevator, and I've never been so scared in my life. Uh, but they, like Tavondre is, I mean, he's massive. Like it, it is. Uh, yeah, I cannot I cannot understate that. Like in in Byron's Byron Murphy's big. But like it doesn't, it doesn't even, it's not even comparable. And, and yeah, he he just, I mean he, Tavondre looks big around Kelvin Banks.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Kevin like Banks of, is a left tackle. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean that's, and as he said, they I could, I, they told me I could eat as much food as I wanted, right? So yeah. he's done that.
0: And he can move too, like well, he's, that's the he, thing. He's yeah. a dancing
1: bear, and he and he's East Texas country strong. I mean he, yeah. he's one of those that you know he's wor- working in the weight room, but he's just one of those naturally strong people. Uh, and so he's just shredding these. These are big guys. He's throwing around with one hand. Yeah, he's not like grunting
0: while he's moving <laughs> around or anything. Like he's just. I mean, he he just he carries it very normally. But he's
1: definitely definitely a big guy. All right, good stuff. Uh, Says so, guys, Alabama beats Georgia. Georgia falls to the four spot because twenty nine and one over three years uh, is why they would stay in. I just okay. I, again, I keep saying I could be wrong. We take we make opinions and make claims, and I try to do as much research as I can to make that claim. I do not think the conference is getting two teams in unless something really crazy happens. Michigan loses every all the all the top four lose. Then it's going to get kind of hokey how it plays out. But it, you know, I do not think we're getting two big two two teams in. That's I mean it scares me if they have to make that well, remember decision. Remember last year with it took it, it took Utah upsetting USC in the Pac-12 championship game to drop Ohio State back in. Mm-hmm. Right and TCU had already secured their spot and there was some chaos last year that led to two Big Ten teams getting in. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's happening this year. I just don't. And because this is the first year we've had eight teams still involved this late, now that's that's unique to it. I just think this is a year where we're going to be four, conference rep- four conferences represented. The question is, which ones out? I,
0: I think your your faith in the committee is admirable to do the to do the right thing. But I, I don't have any confidence in them. It's just with the with the decisions they've made thus far. So we will see. We just need to take care of business and hope. Damn right. Hope, hope Louisville. Can take care of business. Too. That's the best case scenario.
1: Hey, we're back. When we do, we'll uh, play some what's poppin', including including Ty's Sex Panther pick of the night, and which includes why Ty you should never use ESPN Bet. Don't use ESPN Bet. I'll tell you why. On the other side of what's poppin', on hook 'em up with E and Nick Shirley this morning. What's poppin'? Who you Brand new whip
2: just hopped, in. Just hopped in. I got oh, yeah. options. Just I can pass that like stockin'.
1: All just right, what's poppin'? To wrap things up day in day the fabulous day. fifth hour, Everybody our five hour. In. Morning. Sports conversation with Nick Shuley in the house today. Hopefully, Rod Babers can get back just as soon as he's uh, feeling better. Ty Henderson with us as well. He'll make a pick coming up. I'm going to tell Ty why you should never, I've just officially decided never use ESPN bet. Remember ESPN bet? It's come online in November? I've heard. Not good. This is ridiculous. But uh, what is popping today uh, Mark Cuban selling a majority stake of the Dallas Mavericks uh, to the heir of a Vegas casino tycoon. Which is interesting. He's going to stay in control of the team, but you know, a couple days after announcing he's leaving Shark Tank and now selling the Mavericks, uh, is leading people to to wonder what the next move is. Is there something wrong with Mark Cuban, or as some have suggested, and we talked about this morning, is there a potential presidential run that's being planned? Uh, keep an eye on that. That could be popping because you're, he's going to make two and a half, three billion dollars in this sale. That certainly could fund a war chest for a campaign. Um, you know, if people are you know, he, he wants to become the the maverick independent candidate in a uh, p- you know p- presidential landscape that's kind of uh, murky right now. Uh, we will see. So we'll keep an eye on that today. Also, popping uh, Moody Center here in about t- t- ten minutes, right? I mean, you got Texas women's basketball. Yep, it's the uh, the Longhorn. What do they call it? The uh, Field trip, the, the forty acres
0: field trip, which they uh, they they do for fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh graders in Central Texas, and they have they have kind of <sighs> the kids and and their families and et cetera out to the to the women's basketball game. It's, I think it's a great idea. And today, I think they have they have Oral Roberts today,
1: and then they got a huge one on Sunday against uh, UConn. Yeah, so. let's not forget about that Texas basketball. The men play Texas State tomorrow night. Yep, uh, the Bobcats coming on up, but also. Uh, right now, eleven o'clock, and my, my our friend Craig Ray, the voice of the Longhorns, always talks about that. that's the weirdest game because it's all you hear is little kids and <laughs> the screaming. <laughs> that's <laughs> it's like the whole crowd. So funny. The Round Rock Express do that too when they do Dare Day out at the Dell Diamond, and it's all elementary school students for. You know, drug drug awareness and things. Uh, that's always fun. The crowd just sounds so odd. But that'll be today at eleven. So that's coming up. And then, as you said, UConn. What time's that UConn game on Sunday for Vic? That's a huge game for Vic Schaefer against uh, Gino REM and company.
0: Yeah, Sunday at two at two p.m. That it's a big moment for them. And if you can get out there and support them, Vic's incredible, and, the, and those ladies are awesome, and they're fun to watch this year. And this is a huge moment for the program. And I think I think it's it's uh, we definitely need to get out there and support that one. That one should be a. Should be a packed house, and they're playing. Uh, it's, it's the burnt orange out, so you're supposed to wear your orange to Oh, that that's one. awesome.
1: Well, And we do know but by that time, 2 o'clock on Sunday, you'll know if the Longhorns are in or out and what bowl they're going to. That's going to happen before the NFL kicks off. Cowboys are playing Thursday night. So, you know, make your plan to get out there. 2 o'clock, UConn, Geno Ariema, Vic Schaefer. That should be a heavyweight matchup. And speaking of that, uh, next week, after they play Texas State, the Texas men are playing Shaka Smart and Marquette at Marquette. Oof. Heck of a game. That's next Wednesday night. That Marquette team is tough. They are, they are so
0: tough. That's going to be a good one for the team to to, to kind of as a
1: measuring yeah, stick. Yeah, see where they're at after the UConn game, right? And mm-hmm. uh, the tournament in in, L- in in New York. All right, so that'll be popping. Uh, also, uh, here here, Ty. Do you have anything that's popping for you, Ty? Because we have basketball tonight. Uh, no, none of the Texas teams actually Houston is at Denver to play the defending champions. That'll be a fun game after their loss to the Mavericks last night. But, uh, here's why Ty never use ESPN bet, New York post. So apparently if you use ESPN bet and you do a parlay, because typically if you ever do parlays, Nick, I mean, I know you do Ty, the, you know, three, four, five leg parlays. I'm not a better. Ty does these a lot, probably more than he should. But, um, ESPN bet, which launched in the beginning of November, has apparently has one of the worst house rules in the betting industry. So it's typically if you do a five-leg parlay and you push one of the bets the other f- and you hit the other four, the other four still count. They'll just make it a four-leg parlay and you'll push the one.
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay? Every
1: time I write about this? Correct. Um, correct. Well, the bet, according to the ESPN Bet, because you had a guy on a five-leg parlay, he ended up pushing the Eagles-Bills game, minus three, but he hit everything else. They labeled it a no action, a no bet, canceled it. Don't do it, Ty. That's, don't oof. use ESPN. That's bad. That's bad business.
3: Well, Why? Did, that's just their policy?
1: I guess. Uh, that, that would again, piss
3: me I, off. I, 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 that's going
1: to <laughs> cost them some betters. Yeah, that, that, Ty, your reaction yeah, I'm sure they're not me. promoting that, but if that's the house rule and you only find out after you get screwed by it,
3: that's pretty, that ain't good. That's pretty so. Disney slash ESPN of them to have that rule, though. <laughs> I will say that.
1: I love that take. Somebody, somebody said, it. I went once to the uh, to the uh, uh, field trip, bring your earplugs. <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, bring the earplugs. All right, so, uh, yeah, great weekend on tap. Uh, we're getting you over the hump towards it. Ty, do you have a pick for tonight of any kind? What are we looking at?
3: Um, I'll take the over in the L.A. Lakers-Detroit Pistons game. I think it's at around like 2.30-ish. I think there will be a okay. lot of points scored. The Detroit's lost seven games in a row. So I, 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 Pistons are bad. Yes. What happened
1: and, to my guy, Cade Cunningham? I thought he was supposed to be good. He's, he's good. He's on a terrible um, team.
3: And the Thompson twin that's up there, too, has been playing some really good defense. They're just, I mean, they, they have, like, James Wiseman and a bunch of other bums on the Killing Hayes. Don't play. they have Jay, bums?
0: Don't they have Jaden Ivey? Isn't Ivy on that team? Jaden Ivey is, too. He's, Purdue? he's Purdue, been yeah.
3: kind of hurt. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how he's been playing this year, but last year he kind of had a... He had a decent start, but had some dealt with some injuries. So, I, I mean, they have some pieces, man, but they're just so young. And Detroit has to be a pretty tough place to play, especially in the winter.
0: Yeah, I've, I don't see. I don't ever see them on TV. So, I don't. I can't say I get to watch them. They have
3: time. like one national televised game per year or two.
1: Okay, well, yeah, that makes that. sense. Well, you know me. I'm I'm 51 next in two weeks. I uh, I uh, I grew up watching the Bad Boy Pistons. Man, Detroit was the. I hated him. The you know, But you know what? I always liked Lambeer for some reason. I hated Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> I did. Because he would start the fight. And then he'd run and hide behind Lambeer and Mahorn. He would be the NC little pest. And then he'd run and hide behind the big guys. And they, you know, John Sally, they'd start whacking people. Pistons. <laughs> That's one of the best parts of that uh, Michael Jordan documentary is the, the matchups with the Pistons oh, and the physicality. Awesome. Like, uh, young people watch that and are like, what is that game? Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> that, wouldn't, that wouldn't fly in today's rules. <laughs> uh, I saw a great piece on that, You're talking to N- N- NBA greats who played with Jordan, asking what would, he, what would he average today. Every one of them. Oh, 45. Jeez. 45 points. Because you can't touch people. If you can't touch Michael Jordan – and you can't hand-check him and keep him from going where he wants to go, literally Michael Jordan would – I mean, James Harden averaged 30-something. Yeah. Michael Jordan would would supply it by 15. Yeah, he was a machine. (laughs) In today's world. Hey, uh, Ty, good stuff, my friend. We'll do this again tomorrow. Nick, you'll come back and join me if Rod's not feeling better. Uh, 6 in the morning. It'll be a Thursday edition of Hook'Em Up. Uh, Today was good. If you missed Alex Okafor, if you missed the set list ATX, if you missed any of our conversations – Always go back and listen on the podcast at hornfm.com. Thank you, Nick. Thanks, guys. Nick Shuley.